let's recite our pre-word mantra. This is my Bible, the infallible word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can. The promises of God are sure in my life. Amen. Numbers chapter 21. I'll start reading at verse 1. When the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming along the road to Atharim, he attacked the Israelites and captured some of them. Then Israel made this vow to the Lord, if you will deliver these people into our hand, we will totally destroy their cities. The Lord listened to, the Israel, to Israel's plea and gave the Canaanites over to them. They completely destroyed them and their towns, so the place was named Hormah. They traveled from Mount Hor uh, along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. Here it is. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. And anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. This is I Won't Complain, part seven. I want to talk from the thought... Now, this is the last time I'm going to tell you. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you're on the stream, type it in the comment section. Now, this is the last time that I'm going to tell you. Family, as we conclude this series, all I can say is that this narrative seems like that of a disobedient child. I know everybody in the room, your children are perfect angels. They never get out of line. They never get disrespectful. You never have to repeat anything to your baby. Your baby's wings are hidden under their ashkash bigash. The children of Israel seem a lot like misbehaving, ungrateful, unruly, and undisciplined children. No matter what the parent tries, talking, threatening, <laughs> taking things away, Rewarding good behavior, no matter what the parent tries, it doesn't seem to get their child together. Sadly, this is also a good picture of how most of us are when it comes to God. I know you don't want to admit it, but he's a good, good father. And he has provided us with so many ways. He's fought our battles. He's given us mercy for our mess ups and grace for our goof ups. Yet some of us refuse to change. 
If you can't say amen, say, Lord, I'm sorry. And continue on complaining about everything. Well, if you were raised in a household like mine, sometimes uh, that you'd get to uh, the end of your grace, right? <laughs> You're like, all right, stop it. And then you stop. And then you go back to do it. I said stop it. And then you pause a little longer, go back to cutting up. Look, you're going to make me... uh. Then you pause a little longer, and finally you get that last warning that reminds you, now this is serious. Now this is the last time I'm going to tell you. The truth of the matter is God is gracious. He got a whole bunch of grace. But the problem is you never know when the grace for your case will run out. I'm going to say it again. God is full of grace and mercy. But the truth of the matter is you can play around and act like God's grace in your life is inexhaustible. Maybe it is for your life, but in specific, I'm talking about how many times you got your freak on. Didn't get pregnant this time. Didn't get an STD that time. Your children in here, they know more than you at this point. This is a different generation. So, you know, it might can help your marriage, you know, that. Daddy, I think you. <laughs> but, but, but what about that, that time when you like, you know, you, you keep on making these deals with God. God, if you, if you get me out of this one, I promise it's the last time. I'm the only one that had never done that. And then finally, the last time be the last time. And you have to pay the piper for the wrong that you've done. That's the picture that's painted in the text today. Uh, the children of Israel have been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And yet and still, they're doing the same old stuff. How crazy you got to be for God to keep giving you chances. And you do the same thing with the... <laughs> Four quick things. I'm running through the text. I'm almost done with the sermon. The first thing the text reminds us is that delays make people disgruntled. Delays can make people, I like this, I can see my own point right there. <laughs> Delays make people disgruntled. Here it is, uh, the, I read this, usually people would start reading this story at verse 4 because that's when it seemed like the, 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 the drama changes. But if you start at verse 1, you see that here they are making their journey toward the promised land. And the Canaanite king hears that the children of Israel are coming and he sends a tax. And he goes and attacks them, and the Bible says he even captures them. Captures some of them, throws them in, in prison, if you will. And then the word of God says that they cry out to the Lord, and they make a vow. God, if you make us victorious over these people, then we will utterly destroy the cities. And that don't make a whole lot of sense to some of us unless you know the past of Israel. Israel was notorious for saying, God, give us this mountain and we'll do what you tell us. And God said, okay, destroy everything. And he'd be like, nah, they got gold and silver down there, player. We ain't going to be able to do that. But this time they say, God, if you give us victory, we'll do everything you tell us to do. And the word of God says that God honors their request and he makes them victorious. Now here's where the blessing or here's where uh, the, the rubber meets the road in the text. It reminds us that this bitterness that comes in this story comes right after a blessing. God gives them victory over their enemy. 
He allows them to be triumphant over their enemy. And then just the next verse, they start complaining because they're impatient. The struggle that I have with the text is that it puts it in my face. How often I complain about what is and forget what God has already done in my life. So somebody watching me online right now, you're complaining about the way things are today when just last week God paid a bill and you had no idea where the money was coming from. You're complaining about right now, but just last month the doctor gave you a good report in your health. And how often do we forget the blessings of God and become bitter and start complaining and forget what the Lord has done every now and then? You ought to listen to the words of the saints of all. Count your blessings uh, name them one by one uh, can I just pull the room and see is there anybody that's got something to look back over your life uh, and say God's been good to me he, he's opened doors that were closed in my face he, he made a way out of nowhere why am I complaining he, he just brought them out of trouble brought them out of captivity brought them out of burden and he keeps delivering them over and over and over and over again, watch this, from stuff they get themselves into. And they still find reasons to complain. If you ain't, if you ain't convicted by now, you just ain't trying to be convicted. Because there's somebody else in the room that's way too blessed to be so bitter. I mean, God's done way too much. For me to always be complaining about what I don't have. He, he, he's given me way too much. Y'all quiet. <laughs> so some of us, like I said, are living far better than our ancestors ever did. But instead of being grateful for what God has done, you complaining because the stuff you see on social media makes you, oh, my Lord. How, how, how guilty, how often are we guilty of glossing over God's goodness? Like, like taking God's goodness for granted. Maybe God's been too good to us, Ash. Maybe he's done too much, and so we start at treating God like he better do it. Yeah, that is. We, we, we treat God like you, you, you better wake me up in the morning. Because we don't even think about the possibility that there were people who ironed their clothes for church this morning and didn't wake up. Who are you? What makes you better? Y'all quiet in a mug. Here it is. And the Bible says, watch this, that they, their pouting is a result of impatience. Right? God, he delivers according to their vow. And I love this because they actually keep the vow this time. They do what they told God they were going to do. And then immediately after, they start doing what God keeps telling them not to do. They start complaining. We ain't got no food. We ain't got no wall out here. And I love it because there's kind of like this little side note commentary that reminds us that their complaint is really because they've gotten impatient. The process from bondage to promise is taking them a little too long. Ah, this right here is the word that somebody showed up to hear. God made you a promise. He said he was going to do it. And he keeps showing you glimpses of it to keep you encouraged. He's bringing you along the way. But is there anybody in here that's real enough to say, God been taking too long for me? Y'all scared to say it. You've been, you been grumbling. You've been complaining about it at home. Anybody real enough to say, God, I'm tired of being broke. How long I got to be broke? You're taking too long for me. 
I'm tired of being single. When you gonna send me a husband? You take it too long for me. I'm tired of driving this rattle like that. Every time I stop. When you gonna send me a new car? You take it too long for me. And the Bible says that they grow impatient along the way. Now it's crazy because along the way means I'm making progress. I am moving forward. I'm just not moving fast enough. And there are seven of you in the room. You sitting there looking at me like I ain't talking about you. But you know good and doggone well that your problem is I'm making progress. But I'm not moving fast enough. When I look back over my life, I know God is doing it. But God is not doing it at the rate and at the speed that I want him to do it. I thought I'd have a house by now. I thought I'd be out of school by now. I thought I'd have three children by now. But God, you taking your sweet sovereign time and I'm growing impatient. I need seven real people to just say I'm growing impatient. I'm growing impatient. If you're on the stream, type it in the comments section. I, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be, you know, crass. I don't mean to, to be complaining, but I, I am growing impatient. I, if I don't recognize it, if I don't identify it, then I won't fix it. And so I need to be real with myself and say that I'm growing impatient because sometimes delays make people disgruntled. Children, hey, in the car, you ever been riding on a trip with kids? They be like, are we there yet? No, we ain't there. We just pulled out the driveway. I'm hungry. He hitting me. Sometimes you be like, hell, hit him back. That <laughs> the more time the journey takes, the more agitated, the more frustrated, the more uncomfortable they become. And so that ought to be a trait of immaturity. And it's possible that you've grown, but you're still not mature because the journey is wearing you down. Y'all quiet. And the problem is once you start becoming impatient, you start making decisions that are not God's will for your life out of frustration. So you done fooled around and married the wrong one because you got tired of waiting on the right one. Y'all all right? It might hurt a little more before it feel better. So, 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 so here it is. They're, they're pouting because they're impatient. Uh, yesterday, uh, I went and picked up my, my, my Chrysler. Uh, I love my Chrysler. I, I, it has like, like a little muscle in it. It get a like I, I like driving. It's my favorite car to drive. Uh, but it's been in the hospital for about a month and a half. And they told me three different times that it was fixed. And I went and picked it up. And it was still broken. And each time they charged me another labor fee. That's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying, you know. Uh, but, but this last time, yesterday, I walked around the corner. Uh, oh, that might be slander. You, no, you don't know where it is. I walked around to the shop and... Um, Picked up my car, and the guy looked me in the face, and he said, Mr. Freeman, we're really sorry. We should have taken more time on it to make sure it was right. I heard, I heard him say it, uh, and in the spirit, I, I realized that God doesn't need more time, but he does take his time. 
I want you to hear me in the spirit. God can do it sooner than right now, quicker than at once, but that don't mean he's going to. Sometimes you, you got to just wait on God because there's a such thing as due time somebody say due time huh? that many times if God does it too soon you'll mess it up huh? and so you've got to wait on him until due time and somebody if you were to be honest you've gotten tired of waiting on God you've gotten frustrated you know God's not waiting on you because you've aligned yourself with his will you're praying you didn't cut folks off deleted people from your Twitter you're, you're, you're finally tithing you're, come on talk back to me you didn't stop sleeping with every Tom, Dick, and Tyrone. You, you literally have started lining up with God's will and still you're looking around. Here's the frustration at people who ain't trying to live right and it seems like they're being blessed before you and God says don't get impatient. Don't quit too soon. Don't take matters into your own hand. Just wait on due, due time because your impatience will get you in trouble. So, so, so much so that the word of God reminds us that their delay actually was a result of their disobedience. How you going to get mad at God holding you because you messed up? Uh, uh, truth of the matter is some of us are in situations that we put ourselves in. And you got the audacity to give up on God because you're there. You moved in with her. And then you want to come and ask for prayer because she be, you wake up and she got her finger under your nose to see if you still breathing. You moved in. You did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You didn't pray and ask God, was this the job for you? You just submitted applications and the first person that called you back with some money, you assumed that was God. And now you don't like nobody at your job. You don't even like who you have become since you've been working there. I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. They, I think I can't hear, they can't hear me. Here it is. And so many times it's your disobedience that caused the delay. I need you to own it today. Come on, say it out loud. It might be my disobedience that's causing the delay. I might be wandering in the wilderness because I decided to step outside of his will. And, and so, so they get impatient. They start trying to make things happen on their own. They, they go grumbling. I love this because their pouting also makes them irrational. They say, we ain't got no food. You a lie. He been giving you miracle manna every day. We ain't got no water. You a lie. He made water come out of a rock for you. How often are we guilty of, like I said, God is doing it, but it ain't good enough for you? How often does God bless us even with miracles, and yet and still we can't be happy with the miracle? Because we've grown impatient. So, so they're pouting. Uh, delays make people disgruntled. Now here, here's the caution. Here's the caution. Uh, being disgruntled can make people disrespectful. That, that, that impatience, that, that needing it to happen now can cause you to become something you didn't even know you were. 
these same crazy people are going to go to the same Moses. And this time, they're not just complaining against him. The Bible says they complain against God. Sometimes God gives us so much grace that we get beside ourselves. Think you're entitled to complaints that you really should keep to yourself. Deacon Brown, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there's somebody in the room that because they've gotten impatient and things haven't clicked the way they wanted them to click, they've started talking crazy to God. What does crazy to God look like? God, if you don't do this, listen, I'm done. What if God was like us? What do you say when people tell you that? Well, go on on. Kick bricks. Barefooted. But God is gracious. He's merciful. And so sometimes he lets you talk to him crazy. And they get real disrespectful. You know, God got us all out here. Again, they keep on rehearsing. We should have stayed in Egypt. Well, say your stupid self in Egypt, Dick. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about them. I love this because their blame is misplaced. They forgetting, hey, hey, fam, you the reason why you here. But watch this. When you being impatient and you being disobedient causes delays in your life, you can't blame yourself because that would be too much like right. <laughs> See, y'all want me to hoop and holler. I got to do that later on today. So I'm just going to talk to you. You, you, you. You, you got yourself here, but you don't want to claim that. That it was your lust that got you here. Don't nobody around you trust you because it was your lies that got you here. You ain't supposed to be broke right now, but it was your laziness that got you here. But instead of owning that, you look around and see who all you can blame. For why you're at this place in your life. But my mama didn't never really. Y'all mad? Yeah. On the stream, y'all mad? Put some angry faces on there. Yeah, I'm giving you permission. Put some angry faces if you mad. Yeah, like, like here it is. You know, everybody here, nobody helped me. Ain't too many people helped me either. So you can either make excuses. Or you can make moves. Y'all quiet. The children of Israel start misplacing their aggression, misplacing their anger. They should have been out there saying, Lord, we sorry. Please take it away. But instead, they want to blame Moses. They out there complaining against somebody else for a situation they got themselves in. Can I just talk real to us today? Stop blaming other people for what you got yourself in. Because guess what? That blame ain't going to get you out. Until you accept the reality and make the adjustments, you'll be stuck in the place you don't want to be in. <laughs> that, that, that blame was misplaced, but I need to go ahead and say it one last time. I'm only going to tell you this one more time. That their blame or their blunder was against Moses. That Listen, God was going to take it with them talking crazy to him. But God has a real problem, y'all. It's like the third time we've come to this in the series. God has a real problem when his people disrespect his servant. 
it, this is this kind of hard stuff for me to preach because it's like throwing your own party. It's like me defending myself. But the truth of the matter is, I want to help you. I want you to understand in the scripture how God feels when individuals complain against spiritual leadership. There are consequences for disrespecting the man or woman of God. There are consequences for treating common those that God have called and set up. Y'all quiet. <laughs> I love it because at some point Aaron starts getting the same complaints Moses gets. And if you remember in the narrative, Aaron was complaining against Moses at the beginning. I'm trying to tell somebody that you're going to reap what you sow. And some people want to criticize leadership. And guess what? One day you're going to be in a position to lead and it's going to come back on you. Or people are disloyal to leadership and one day you're going to be a leader and you're going to reap disloyalty. Y'all quiet. It's all right. It won't hurt much longer. They complain against Moses and God has a serious issue. Watch this. The Texas Penal Code. The Texas Penal Code, Section 22, outlines assaultive offenses. Texas Penal Code. You can look me up. Check, you can fact check me if you need to. Uh, an assault is intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly causing bodily injury to another. Somebody in the room knew that by heart. I know what it was. <laughs> Uh, uh, assault is also including the person's spouse. It is intentionally knowing or recklessly causing bodily injury to another or intentionally or knowingly causing physical contact with another when the person knows or should reasonably believe that the other will regard the contact as an offense. Now here's the interesting thing. Assault is a class A misdemeanor. Y'all like, man, I ain't, I ain't come to church to learn the penal code. I'm trying to help you. An assault, keep your hands to yourself. An assault is a class A misdemeanor. However, Jason, the section that immediately follows in section 22, subsection B, one, says that it graduates to a felony if it's an assault against a public servant. A person who has been sanctioned and set aside for a certain service, there is a greater consequence for assaulting them. If you don't get it by now, I don't know how to help you get it. Even the Texas government understands that there should be greater penalty for assaulting somebody who is a servant. But in the church, we don't get it. We treat the pastor worse than anybody else. You'll give respect to other folk that you, ooh. Pastor Free, you just talk crazy. You, you looking out for yourself. You a man just like I'm a man. All right, let's see. Delays make people disgruntled. Being disgruntled can make people disrespectful, and disrespect can become deadly. Because they are grumbling and complaining against Moses. The Bible says that God sent venomous snakes. It's a direct result to the fact that they tripping with Moses. They out here in the wilderness. They're stuck here because of their stupidity. 
They're continually complaining, which is just holding them in a holding pattern. They become impatient, and now they need somebody to blame for their mistakes, so they blame the pastor. Again, as though the first time they didn't learn the lesson. And so when you don't learn the first lesson, like when you get a whooping one time. I, anybody else in here whoop your children? There you go. God bless you. Favor. Favor. All over your life. Favor. 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 I declare favor. Now you can't whoop them all the time. So sometimes you take stuff away. Xbox. Cell phone. But then, <laughs> she said food. Lord have mercy. You taking food from the church. Woo. I hope ain't no CPS on the street. So there's a certain degree to which you discipline, but if that's not working, you got to graduate in that discipline. Maybe you have become immune to me taking your phone. Your, your friends used to you not having a phone. <laughs> they just figured out, you know, I sent a smoke signal. He probably didn't lost his phone again. So then what must I do to get you to understand the last time you didn't get it, this time let me send snakes. And the Bible says that once the snakes started biting people, they started dying. I'm finna really mess y'all up. What, what if we're in the midst of a pandemic because God's people won't learn the lesson? Like y'all want to blame the government, y'all want to blame Trump. What if the reason hundreds of thousands of people have died is because the saints won't get right? Because what I do know is that God is not into whipping children that are not his. They whipping is coming. They going to hell. So to me, my mama can't just show up and start whooping other people's kids at school. You can't do that. And so we keep on thinking that things that are happening in the world is because of the wicked. What if God is really trying to get the attention of the saints? And still we use a pandemic as a reason not to go to church. No, the pandemic is because you wasn't coming. And God said, well, maybe if I close the door, you'll miss it enough to come back and see me. I told y'all it was going to get rough. Because maybe God is trying to get through to his children. And he's tired of, of doing everything for you. And you continue to treat him a certain way. Disregard and disrespect his word. And so God says at some point, I'll send something that'll get you together. And when what I send don't get you together, I got to send something else. People are excited. You know, stuff is opening back up. I done got my two shots. If you don't align yourself with God's will... 
your two shots ain't going to stop what's next. I'm going to rewind that one. If you don't align yourself with God's will for your life, the two shots will not help with what's coming next. He sent snakes and they start biting people and they just start dying, dropping like flies. Nobody had time to plan for it. It was like one week we were in church and then the next week we could only be 10 people in the building and they had to have on masks and have their temperatures taken. There was no way to set ourselves up to be prepared for it. You can blame whoever you want to blame that we weren't prepared. The truth of the matter is God will send it in a way that you can't prepare yourself for it. Here it is. The consequences were uncalculated. They, they thought, you know, we're we going to complain against Moses. Moses is going to get in his feelings. You know, maybe, maybe you know, he, he may decide to throw a little tantrum, go on a sabbatical, give his resignation letter. He'll hit another rock. No. What if you can't calculate what's coming because of your disobedience? What, what if there's no way for you to strategize and be prepared for what's going to happen if you disobey? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a little, getting my freak on, that's, it's just a little bit, but what if it means losing a scholarship, having a kid that you can't afford? This dude who said he's going to be with you for the rest of your life be like, hold on, I can give you these Duckets to get rid of them. And if you're not going to do that, then you're getting rid of me. I know I'm talking real. Anybody had to live through some stuff that you didn't calculate? Like, like you really thought, you know, I paid the, I counted up the cost. I, I know what this is going to get me. No, you had no idea. Like, had I known it would be like this, maybe I would have done something different. It was uncalculated, but then it was uncontrollable. They, they, they don't have a remedy for it. People b being bit and dying, and we just kind of, you know, trying to, <laughs> hey, stay away from the snake. Whoa. That's all we can do is try to avoid it. Ain't that what happened when we went into the pandemic? There was no cure. You just try to avoid it. Stay at home. Hope ain't nobody in your home got it. And if they do, send them to a room by themselves. Only thing we can do is avoid it because it was uncalculated and it's uncontrollable. And then look at here. L look at who they have to go to. <laughs> oh, man, this is hilarious. They got themselves in trouble talking bad about Moses. And now they got to go to Moses. I'm going to rehearse this one more time. I said it earlier in the pitch that passed the part one and two. God calls pastors according to his heart. Those who have a heart a little more like his. I need y'all to hear me. Because here's the reality. Many times if you were the pastor, the people that you know are talking about you behind your back. And they come to you, you be like, ha! Ha, ha, ha! 
Oh, oh no, oh no, you had all so much stuff to say. Now, now you want me to pray? Boss. But God has a way of identifying people. And it ain't easy. Who will know people have done them dirty. Like you think we don't know. No, we know. Because most of the people that you gossip to, they'll come tell us. <laughs> Messing up your friendships, huh? And guess what? If they won't, God will. God has a way of disclosing those who don't have a heart for you. And then the bottom falls out in your life and you want me to pray. I say, wow. Dear Heavenly Father. Because that's what a shepherd does. You can't tell me Moses ain't hurt. But that doesn't change who God has called him to be. And he starts to pray. Here's the last thing. Delays make people disgruntled. Being disgruntled can make people disrespectful. Disrespect can become deadly. But here it is. God gives directions for deliverance. You can't tell me the people never prayed. And God just didn't answer them. It's not until Moses goes to God on behalf of the people. Let me mess you up. If my sanctified imagination is right, Moses is immune. The snakes ain't coming for Moses. He good. So the only reason he's praying is for them. And he prays, and watch this, their deliverance was tied to following directions. He says, Moses, this is what I need you to do. I need you to make a snake. Put it on a pole and have people to look up at it. And when they look up at it, they'll live. It's crazy how simple God's instructions are. Like God ain't asking you to do nothing super complex. He, he don't say give me a certain percentage. He say 10%. It's easy math. If he'd have said seven percent, I'd be struggling. Cause I, anybody else besides me only really do good math in multiples of fives. <laughs> See y'all acting. I don't like how people act. You know, you be rounding. Wait, let's. <laughs> they get me to a multiple of five. I'm good. God knows that. He knows that half of us can't add, subtract, multiply, or divide unless it's multiples of five. You say, give me 10%. Blake, if it was eight, I'd be out of there. <laughs> he simplifies his instructions so that we can follow him, and we still act like he's asking us the unthinkable. Make a snake. Put it on a pole. Look up at it and live. But God is saying to somebody something equally simple. And instead of you doing it, you would rather just stay sick. It's, it's really that simple. Like, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come to church. Give me a portion back of what I've given you. 
don't get drunk with wine. Don't get drunk. You have sip. <laughs> but don't get drunk with wine. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Why submit to your husband? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. All of your father. Very simple stuff to do. But you'd rather be bit and sick and die. Here it is. I heard God say, and I got to tell you exactly like he said, too many people want God's deliverance without God's direction. You want God to bless you like you are. And God wants you to change so he can bless you. Oh, yeah, that was good. He said it, not me. When are you going to change so that he can give you what you've been asking for? When are you going to stop being lazy? Stop being untrustworthy? When are you going to stop being so messy? It's getting you bit. When are you going to stop lying all the time? You're getting bit because of it. You're talking about people behind their back. You're getting bit. Selective in your morality. Condemning somebody for doing this when you do this. You're getting bit, y'all. And I hear God saying, now this is the last time I'm going to tell you. Constantly complaining because you're not driving the kind of car you want to drive. You be the, I heard in the Ryan the other day talking about somebody was trying to put gas. No, that was the boys. Hey, you trying to put gas in a Tesla. <laughs> if you don't get it, you don't get it. But some of us are asking God for stuff that you wouldn't even know how to maintain. God said, when are you going to make adjustments so that I can bless you? Let me mess you up. You can't want nothing God don't have. He can give it to you. But he's not going to give it to you if you don't need it and you're not ready for it. You got to follow directions. And then their deliverance was tied to their focal direction. Moses can make the snake. Moses can put it on a pole. But Moses can't make them look up. Man, listen, I can get up here. I can spend countless hours preparing the word of God. I can be one of the dopest preachers I know. I can be up here fly with my jersey on. We could turn the sanctuary around. Ain't no other church in the country doing this today, I promise. But I can't make you look up. I can do my part all day long, but unless you look up, you won't live. I, I, can, I can do whatever God told me to do for you, but unless you do what you're supposed to do. Oh, ain't no need in worrying what the night is going to bring. Because it'll be all over in the morning. And weeping may endure for a night. 
But joy comes in the morning light Said it'll be all over in the morning It won't always be like this God will perfect that 